Hi there, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Pour It Out with Alana Beverly. I'm your host, Alana, and I'm super excited to have you join me. Today on the podcast, we have someone so, so, so important to me and special to me. It is my big sister, Jenny Beverly. Now, some of you may be a little confused because I am an only child, and so to say my big sister, you're probably thinking, what? (laughs) Um... The best way I know how to explain this is when I was a little girl, I prayed and prayed and prayed. Like I just wanted a big sister. I wanted a sister, but I wanted a big sister, which seemed impossible. Um, But as we know, nothing is impossible with the Lord. And I prayed and prayed from a young age. Like I just want a big sister. I watched, this is so silly, but I watched Seventh Heaven and it was my favorite show. And I saw like how the big sister really like took care of the little sisters. And I wanted that. I wanted someone in my life to do that. And I just asked the Lord, like, I just want a big sister and prayed and prayed and prayed for it. And when I was about eight years old, he blessed me with Jenny and we met, we connected, we clicked. And it just was one of those things that lasted. And, um, she has poured into me. She has, led me. She has guided me. She has given me advice. She has walked through so many seasons with me. Um, She introduced me to my husband. Um, Fun fact, my husband is her husband's brother. So technically we are sister-in-laws. We don't ever say that. And it's just kind of a funny thing that we said, you know, we've always been sisters and then the Lord just made it so that we had the same last name. So people really think it and really believe it. But truly, she's one of the best people that I know. Um, I would not be who or where I am today without her. And I don't say that lightly. When I first uh, got saved and really started walking with the Lord, um, Jenny was my, my main person who discipled me. She taught me the word. She taught me how to read my Bible. She taught me, um, holiness. She taught me the importance of holiness Um, She instilled so many things. She just is truly, my life would be very different if it wasn't for her. She is someone who has shown me grace. She has also spoken really hard truths to me in seasons that I've needed it. She's walked with me through so many things. She was my matron of honor in my wedding. She stood beside me um, through every second of labor and delivery when I had my, my first baby. Um, I mean, just so many seasons. And today I am so honored and excited to have her on to share. And she shares about worship. And you'll notice in this episode that I didn't talk much. And I, part of it was, you know, I wanted to let her lead and I, she had things that she wanted to say. And we had kind of talked before we recorded. um, So she knew what direction we were going, but Honestly, about halfway through, I started crying and I couldn't stop. (laughs) And so she just kept talking because I couldn't even pull myself together. And so it was um, a conversation that was very real, very authentic, very genuine, very just from her heart. And um, I think that, you know, when you walk seasons with people and then they recount those seasons, the emotion sometimes just takes over. (laughs) And Um, there isn't anybody that I've walked through more with, through more seasons of life with, 
um, and have seen up close and personal the really good, the really hard, the really devastating things of life with. Um, she is my sister. She is my confidant. She is the person we joke, we say we, say we share a brain <laughs> and we can look at each other and know what the other one's thinking. We finish each other's sentences. Um, even just a few weeks ago, at her son's graduation party, we showed up wearing the same outfit almost, <laughs> like completely head to toe. That is just who we are. It's who we've always been. And it's, I mean, the Lord, she said one time, like, you know, we're not blood sisters, but then again, we are because we have the blood of Jesus in both of us. And he could not have made her more of a sister to me. Um, there's just no way. So this conversation is so good. Um, it's actually going to be a two-parter, so you're going to hear the first part of it today, um, and then next week, we'll actually, we'll pick up and we'll dive into part two of it. So it was just so good, and the first part of this is her sharing her story about worship and what it means to her, and then this um, second part for next week is we kind of dive in a little bit deeper to worship um, and some of the, the things in worship that she's learned along the way. So I hope that you enjoy this. It is very, very personal to me, very special to me um, because I've seen most of these seasons completely lived out um, and it's just a really special episode. So grab a drink, pull up a chair, drive or whatever you're doing and just enjoy this conversation um, with me and my big sis. Hey, sis. Hey, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for asking. I'm excited to finally have you on. I've been waiting forever for this one. Um, <clears throat> so to get started, why don't you tell everybody a little about you, um, about you and your family and as much as you want to share. Okay. So um, I am married to Randall. Um, we've been married for 20 years. Um, I always have to say that slowly because I feel like it came so quickly. <laughs> and so 20 years, that's, that's just crazy. Um, and then we have four kids, um, one of which just graduated from high school. So Ashen's 18, um, Jaden's 15, uh, Christian is eight, and Quinn is Three. <laughs> so, um, big gap there. Um, you know, we've just, uh, we've had a great journey and, um, just to see how the Lord is thrown in little surprises here and there. And, um, just what he's done has just been, it's just been awesome. So, yeah. Well, I, you know, you're, you're my sister and you're my big sister. And when I was thinking about like what, because I know so much and because I've lived so much life with you, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many different directions that this could right. go. Um, but when I think of you, the one thing that always stands out above all of them is worship. Yeah. And so um, <clears throat> wanted to talk about that today. And when I was thinking of like the different seasons that I've experienced with you and what worship has looked like, um, I realized that I actually don't know like how you even got started and yeah. how the journey began. So I'm going to just kind of toss this to you and you can okay. walk us through like what, um, how you got started, what, how worship became important to you and just kind of the journey that it's taken you on. 
Sure. So um, it's so funny when you asked me to do this. Um, I really wasn't sure which direction to go either. And, um, and the Lord began to show me that I needed to say, you know, how this all started, how the, the desire to worship him was kind of birthed into me. Um, I've done so many different things in the realm of singing and worshiping and um, that, you know, when I look back, um, I, I look back to my childhood and music was always such a big part of who we were. Um, I was an only child and I grew up in a Christian home, um, amazing parents. Um, but the best parents and um, music was always a part of our daily lives. I mean, we, I just remember every day before my dad would go into work, he would work evenings and every day he would have music on and we would have these dance parties. And, um, you know, just from the time that was before I was even in school. And so my youngest memories were always around music and um, you know, from all kinds of different genres to all kinds of different, you know, styles, you know, it was just always, we always had music playing. And, um, <clears throat> so from the very beginning, my youngest memories entail music. And so, um, I started thinking back to, um, when the desire to worship was kind of planted in my, in my heart, and um, it really began when we moved up into the house that my parents live in now, the house I pretty much grew up in. And um, it was a bigger house and we didn't have a whole lot of furniture. And so the living room area was kind of bare. We had maybe, a, I think we had a piano and we had maybe a bench in this big room. And then we had a stereo system and that was it. And so that literally became like, my studio. <laughs> like it became my, my secret place, my place where I could just go in and put music on and just, you know, just fall into, um, you know, the, the atmosphere of just music. And, um, so <clears throat> from, from, for years, I remember just going into that room and playing music. And um, I really realized from a pretty young age that there was a difference between Christian music and, you know, other music, secular music. Um, I liked this, the sound and the whatever of all kinds of music, but um, I really felt early on that there was a connection with Christian music. And I liked the way it made me feel. I liked the way that um, I could sing those things out and I was singing directly to Jesus or I was singing words out that were encouraging and that were, that were good. And so I really did find a connection to that style of music and I just gravitated naturally to it. And so um, I just remember going in that room and just singing my heart out to Jesus, to these songs that made me feel good. <laughs> and, um, I would do that for hours and hours and for years, I would go in there and do that. Um, I, there wasn't a lot of action going on in my house because I was an only child and my dad worked a lot. So it was mostly just my mom and I, and so I could really go in there and just get lost in there for ever. <laughs> and, um, 
which is so funny because it's the opposite of my life now. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and I really started thinking about that too. And I thought, man, the Lord really was cultivating something Mm -hmm. from a very young age in me because he knew that one day I wasn't going to get hours and hours Mm -hmm. and hours in the day, you know, to just sing and worship. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my after school time and my, you know, weekends, if we weren't doing things or my summers when my parents were at work were me just getting lost in worship to him. And, um, you know, that became my secret place. Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't know (laughs) that at a young age that I was cultivating, um, a relationship with Jesus. Um, I didn't know that I was that I was doing that. Um, but, but I was, I was, I was learning Mm -hmm. how to tap into his presence and, and just being close to him and in the midst of just getting lost in him. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd get on my face and I would cry, (laughs) um, because his presence would be thick and I would, um, you know, I would just sing, loud and thankfully, you know, our neighbors are pretty far apart. So I'm certain that they heard things, but, um, you know, I, that was really where it began for me. And so, um, you know, I, I always knew from a young age that I was a little bit different than everyone else. Um, I, I knew that I was different and but I, I knew that that was where I felt the safest and I felt um, like I could do anything when I was with him. And I just, I would, I would just spend hours with him and that's kind of where it began. Um, I knew from, a, I mean, even though I love music and I love to sing and I loved um, to, you know, play instruments and all of the different things, I really didn't love being in front of people. I actually hated it. Um, (laughs) I was terrified to sing in front of people. Um, and because, you know, when people find out that you may be a little bit good at something or whatever else, they tend to throw you up into the spotlight. And I didn't love that. (laughs) Um, I can remember we went to a small church, still do, and, um, being asked to get up and sing and, um, being terrified and just, really dreading the whole experience and then getting up there and doing it and being thankful that I did. Um, but literally every time that fear would creep back in because I really didn't, didn't like to be in front of people. I really just wanted to be with him (laughs) alone. And, um, so that, that took years really to, um, to really come out of and, and really conquer that being in front of people. Um, I have really funny memories of my mom having like people would come over and she would say, sing for them and, you know, sing this song. And I would be like, no. (laughs) So she would have me go in the other room and sing it. And so it was just me in the room, but that they could still hear the song and that I would do that a lot because I just didn't want to be in front of people. Um, you know, I knew very early on I wasn't a performer um, and I didn't enjoy, you know, singing at weddings and doing all the 
performance type mm-hmm. stuff. I never was that kind of person. And I'm still not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still not the type of person who loves to be in front of people or just loves to sing in front of people or whatever. Um, I love to lead people into worship so that they can go where I'm going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's, that's really my heart. And that's really what I love. Um, it's still hard for me to sing in front of people. Um, like in a worship setting, even where there's very little participation, mm-hmm. um, where they expect me to, you know, just sing the songs. Um, it's very hard for me when, when people aren't going where I'm, where I'm going right. <laughs> and when they're, when they're not going with me. And so, um, you know, it took a long time for me to kind of come out of that fear. Really. I mean, to be completely honest, I was like tons before that really began to fall off. And it was because I learned to, to put that aside and, and really focus on who I was doing this for. Um, so really that's kind of where it started. That's kind of where it, where it happened. Um, was in that little room in, in the house in the living room. Um, just me and Jesus. <laughs> um, that's where I learned to play guitar and that's where I learned you know, to cultivate different songs on the piano and stuff. Um, when I was about, um, you know, six or seven, you know, my mom and dad were trying to figure out, you know, what is she good at? So they would try different things and whatever. And this is a funny story. I was thinking about, um, my mom and my aunt put me and my cousin into gymnastics at the Y and, um, I was always very tall (laughs) and not very flexible and all the things, but my cousin was like perfect. Like she was built for it. She was so good at it. She was a cheerleader already. And so she was like made for it. And I was the one in the class getting laughed at because I couldn't do any (laughs) of the things and I hated it. And my mom very quickly realized that that was not going to be my thing. (laughs) So um, she only made me do one session and then put me in piano lessons. So um, shout out to Kevin Elliott and Linda Elliott for piano and vocal lessons because um, that's kind of where it started for yeah. me was getting trained up in things that the Lord had gifted me with. Um, and so I took piano lessons for um, seven or eight years and um, and Kevin taught me and um, I didn't love all the things that came with that either. Um, I wanted to play and I wanted to be good at it, but I didn't want to learn all the technical stuff. And um, (laughs) he had to get hard on me a couple times. And I'm so thankful that he did um, because I appreciate that now. I appreciate all the fundamentals and things that came with um, learning how to play an instrument and the knowledge that goes behind reading music and all of the discipline that goes behind it. Um, but I did not love it then. I just <laughs> wanted to sing to Jesus and play and whatever. So he would make little, um, like rewards for me. Like he would teach me a song that I wanted to learn if I would just do the other things. <laughs> so, um, and that worked, that worked for me. Um, and then simultaneously, um, you know, Linda would give me vocal lessons. Um, and she would teach me all the techniques on how to how to use my voice and how to control and use my diaphragm and all of the things that go with, you know, learning how to sing. Um, another thing that I didn't love was I love to just go in that room and kind of do my own thing. But, you know, when you're practicing a craft, there's practice and there's things that are involved with 
you know, working to, to be proficient in those things. And that is the aspect I didn't care for. Um, you know, my mom would come and bring me in the house to practice, you know, I'd have to do 30 minute piano and then 30 minute vocal exercises. And my friends would be outside waiting in the driveway on the bikes, like <laughs> waiting for me and also hearing me doing all these vocal exercises. <laughs> I'd come out and they'd be like, what was that? And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I did, I do appreciate all of that now. Um, because it helped cultivate the things that I can actively use for him now. Then did you, so did you just sing by yourself at church or then how did you start singing as a group? Like how did that all? So, um, as I mentioned, we went to a very small church and so, um, you know, anytime there was a play or a holiday or anything that we were doing special things for, you know, everyone's like gathering all the talent in the church to put you up on stage, which I just loved. <laughs> so my mom always volunteered me <laughs> to sing a song, which was good because I needed to be pushed. I needed to be pushed out of that fear, even when it was, you know, hard. Um, and so I always got volunteered to do that. And then, you know, other people did too. And so, um, obviously we kind of knew quickly who could do the things <laughs> in the church. And so, um, I wanted to sing this song. I think I was about 12. I wanted to sing this song, but it needed other vocalists because it was by, um, a, uh, quartet, uh, a group called for him, which had four guys in it. So we needed more people. I need more people than just the, so I love this song and I wanted to sing it. And so, she, my, you know, we started talking at church and, um, we asked, um, the Sims girls, um, the three of the Sims girls to, um, help, you know, to, to collaborate with this song. And we did, and we practiced and we were like, man, this sounds pretty good. And, um, they're older than me, <clears throat> but, um, you know, we sang that one Easter and my goodness, that started up, I mean, we didn't know that was going to start. We, um, then began to, um, get together and collect other songs to start singing together. And before we knew it, we, this thing happened and we became harmony. Um, that was the name of our group. And, um, we, we, we started singing at local churches. We started singing, um, you know, just anyone that got word of us and that invited us, we would go, um, some of them would pay us, which was like, what? And then some of us, I mean, most of it was just, you know, we just would go, was just to, to just use our gift for the Lord. And um, so when I would sing with them, I wasn't as nervous um, because then I could kind of hide, you know, I could kind of just allow them to to kind of take over the, the scary parts and I could just sing and then fade away in the background and it'd be fine. Um, but there was also aspects of that, that I needed that I didn't, I also didn't love. Um, so we had established pretty early on when we would minister that each of us would take turns and explain the song and the reason why we picked the song and all the things before we would sing the song. And I hate it because I'm like, not only am I getting drunk up here to sing in front of all of these people, but now I have to talk. <laughs> And that was even more terrifying than just singing. <laughs> so um, a lot of times I would sneak by and 
you know, it'd be my turn to talk. And then I just wouldn't. And then they would just take over. <laughs> I would get the eye like, it was your turn. <laughs> um, and then other times it would be like, they put their foot down, like you're going to talk. And, and I would always do it and it, it ended up not being bad, but it was again, just the anticipation of all of that followed up, you know, with the fear. It was just, it was, it was very hard to, to overcome that, but I needed them to do that. I needed them to push me. And, um, so anyway, we began to sing, um, gosh, all over the place. We would sing every event, every church event, especially if it was youth oriented, we were at, um, every, um, music festival or, um, you know, just, we, we had mailed out letters to all the local churches and area surrounding churches. And we got invited. I mean, every week we were singing, it seemed like two to three places. So that really became our thing. Like we had, we went to school and then we'd go sing and we traveled everywhere. Um, sometimes even to other States. Um, we got invited to sing at some crazy places. We opened up for like a Christian comedian at this place in Columbus, which was crazy. And then, um, yeah, so we ended up, um, that just became our ministry. That became our thing. Um, and, um, you know, I learned a lot in that season. I learned, we sang probably, gosh, for well over 10 15 years together, um, doing various things. Um, the traveling part of it was a good 10 to 12 years. Um, and we landed a recording contract out of that when I was about 15 and, um, in Indianapolis, we signed with a small recording company in Indianapolis. Um, and so we were my whole, I want to say, freshman or sophomore year, we were driving to Indianapolis all the time, every weekend, it seemed like to work on, you know, recordings for that, to try to get it out, um, and get us known to, um, to the production company. They had a production company lined up and then, um, somewhere along the process, um, there was a little bit of a falling out between the recording company and the production company. And, um, so then we didn't go any further than that. <clears throat> There's a lot of other things that had happened that had kind of stopped the process. And um, so we didn't actually pursue anything beyond that. Um, There's a lot of things we had to, do, had to work through. And um, so, yeah, so it was, um, it was something that we thought was going to be really, really big. And then, our hearts just kind of felt like maybe we shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't pursue this long-term. Um, my heart was definitely being drawn in another area beyond the, like, let's make it big and let's go out and sing, um, in concert type settings. My heart was definitely being led more in a more intimate worship settings. Um, it wasn't, um, you know, life, we all got married, we all started having kids. And um, <clears throat> during that process, we started singing with um, Buster and Jerry Grant. And, um, you know, that was its own big thing. And, you know, uh, started doing worship, and it was awesome. 
it was such a fun season. Mm -hmm. You were a big part of that. And, um, you know, just building those relationships and, um, you know, watching the Lord work was really amazing. Um, and then kind of out of that was when a bunch of us started meeting together and having more intimate worship and prayer sessions, I guess you would say. Um, and it was really in those moments where I felt like the, the things the Lord had birthed in me, in my heart as a kid in that room where it was just me and him, I felt like in a lot of ways that kind of came full circle. Um, a lot of that stuff came, um, you know, because it was, it was more of those type of settings where it was just us fully seeking him and, and worshiping him and hearing from him and encouraging one another. And we kind of built this really neat community around worship and, and intimacy with the Lord. And it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, um, those, those, those times and those moments together that we all shared, um, were really catapulted. I feel like who we all kind of ended up becoming mm -hmm. now. Um, and really, um, you know, I, <clears throat> I, I'm so grateful for every season in my life, but that season was just, there's something so special about that, about that time where we were having food nights and we were all coming together and, um, just seeking the Lord together and hearing from him. Um, we didn't know what we had yeah. until it was gone. And I missed that. And, um, so yeah, I just, um, I'm really thankful for those seasons. Um, but, um, there is something precious about that time together. You know, all of us who are, newlyweds ish or, you know, um, about to be married or, you know, Randall and I had already had the, you know, Ashton and Jaden and, um, just bringing them along for the ride in that season and having our kids see us seek the Lord like that is pretty special. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, um, yeah, I'm really thankful for that. And so after that, after, you know, that kind of season, which was a very short season, I feel like it was only a few years. Um, everyone kind of did their own thing. We're moving away or we're, um, you know, just finding their place in this world and where that, where they were supposed to be. And we all kind of went our different ways um, I was kind of left like, okay, Lord, what now? And, um, so then that's when, um, that's when he started calling my heart and saying, there are some things I want to cultivate in you <laughs> that, um, you know, in this next season that, that may not require things that you've always known. The, the familiarity of mm -hmm. things that you've always known, the, the familiarity of the things that you've always walked in, that you've always uh, been a part of. And so 
he began to stir my heart to branch out of the church that I was in to kind of do something new so that I could be raised up in something different. I want to take just a quick second and tell you about my local partners that I have here in Chillicothe. These are three local businesses who have come alongside me to support me, to encourage me, and to help me in any way. They are absolutely incredible. I'm going to start with Roast Coffee, hands down best coffee in Chillicothe. Their tagline is coffee and community. You can walk in, get amazing coffee and talk to some incredible baristas. And also you always run into people that you know because we have a fantastic community and they hang out there. It is the best place to go. You will find me in there a lot, whether I am sitting down, meeting with someone face-to-face, whether I'm grabbing something to go. Sometimes I go and don't even order coffee. I just sit because the atmosphere is so wonderful that I just enjoy being there. One of the best places to be here in town is located in the Fort Collective, so you can grab your coffee and also shop around while you're in there. And the best baristas. I mean, just really the best people. We are gearing up, we are kicking off summer. And so let me tell you, the iced Cubano, I like it with oat milk, would be my hands down favorite uh, summer drink. I also like just the simple cold brew. And if you're into teas, their iced chai tea and their iced matcha are both fantastic as well. They also have a lemonade that is bottled, it's pre-bottled, and it is fantastic. So even if coffee is not your thing, go grab a lemonade and you will be just as excited and you will love it just as much, I promise. My second partner that I want to tell you about is Sweet William Blossom Boutique. Uh, They are located on 2nd Street across from Carl's Townhouse, and they have been my favorite downtown business since the very beginning. Um, They've got the best chocolate-covered strawberries, the most beautiful flowers. Guys, we are in peony season, which is like the best season if you ask me. They have the most beautiful peony arrangements. Go check them out. If you want to brighten someone's day, get them a peony arrangement, get them some chocolate covered strawberries or a gourmet apple. You cannot go wrong. If you are looking for a pick me up for yourself or a way to brighten someone's day, stop in there. And I promise anything you get, (laughs) anything that you get will brighten someone's day. They also have a new dirty pop stand. If you don't know what a dirty pop is, then pop in and go check them out. Oh, did you catch that? No pun intended. Um, but go check it out. They are fantastic and they have the cutest, most perfect little charcuterie cone to go with it. So if you are downtown and you just need a quick little snack, go grab a dirty pop and a charcuterie cone and you will be good to go. Cannot say enough good things about uh, Sweet William Blossom Boutique. It literally has been my favorite downtown business since they opened. Um, There's nothing, I will say this forever and ever because it is the truth, there is nothing better than getting a pink box, either delivered to you by them or delivered to you by a friend. There's nothing better, I promise. And lastly, Maggie and Me Candle Company. These are 
amazing smelling candles that are safe. They are hand poured, they are healthy for you, and they are made with love by Lid Bunstein and her granddaughter Maggie. And they are fantastic. You can pick them up around town at different places. They are sold at High Five Bakery, they are sold at New System Bakery, they are sold at Nelly Dog. Um, they are sold all around and you can also find them online. So look them up on social media and go check them out. And if you go to any of these places, be sure to let them know that Alana sent you. So, um, then the next season, um, the Lord had begun to show me that he needed, he was going to do some, some new stuff in me. And, um, there were things that he wanted to, to birth in me that I wasn't really previously doing. Um, and so I'd always kind of been in the background. I'd always been comfortable kind of just going with the flow, being part of the group and just kind of fitting in where, where I could. And, um, and he was slowly but surely telling me that I needed to cultivate um, being comfortable with leading people into the presence without the help of anybody else um, and learning how to do that and being, being safe in that place. And so um, a bunch of friends of ours um, had already been going to Freedom House and God was just exploding there. Um, and, um, after a lot of confirmation from the Lord, I mean, I don't think I sought the Lord harder <laughs> for an answer mm -hmm. than I did in that season because I thought, you know, because I knew that he was calling me to do this, but he wasn't necessarily calling Randall to do this. And so, um, you know, I had to put aside what it would look like. I had to put aside what it would feel like, what it would, whatever, and just do what God said to do. And thankfully I had the blessing of my husband. You know, he had told me you got it after literally neon lights <laughs> had come to me. I remember asking the Lord, I'd been getting all these prophetic words from people who did not know me. Um, that I needed to, to sing more, that the Lord was getting ready to, to put me in a different position. He was going to be moving me out of what I already knew, and he was going to be putting me in a new place, and he was going to be establishing something different in me. And so I already knew, because it had already those were confirmations of things he had already been speaking to me, that he was getting ready to do this. Um, and I remember having the conversation with Ryan, and I, you know, I said, I feel like I'm a bird in a cage. And I'm, I'm, the cage is closed and I'm bouncing my head up against the cage, trying to get out. And I feel like the Lord is opening the door and he's saying, you have to go. You need to fly out of this cage, everything you've already known so that you can do what I've called you to do. And, um, and he said, you're right. You're right. You, you have to. And, um, so anyway, um, I had waited a couple more weeks because there were conversations I needed to have with people that I, were going to be hard. And um, <laughs> the Lord is so 
good. And he's so funny sometimes because um, someone had come over to our house and they were praying over us. Over Rand and I did not know anything about this decision that I was getting ready to make. And um, he said, the Lord is showing me that you're like a bird in a cage and you're bouncing your head up against the, the top of the cage and you're trying to get out. And he's opening the doors and he's saying, you need to fly. And I was like, okay, here is my neon sign. Literally word for word that I had just said to Randall a couple weeks prior. And so I, I made appointments with people to have hard conversations and they weren't as hard as what I thought they were going to be. And I made my transition over to Freedom House um, where I could just soak in his presence and I could just be, be in an environment that allowed the freedom of whatever the Holy Spirit says he gets to do. Mm-hmm. And that was life to me because every Sunday I would sit in that service or sit in those services. And I was such a poor, I was so used to just serving and pouring and serving and pouring and serving that I didn't always get a chance to receive. And there are so many times when I would sit in those services and for just moments, it was like, I was that little girl in the music room again and I could shut everyone off and it would just be me and him and I became alive again and he began to speak to me and I would hear him clearer than I ever had before and you know the people that were there were people who were just like me, (laughs) who were, you know, lovers of music, but even more so lovers of Jesus and just wanted him. And so I got to surround myself with all of these people who just wanted those same things and who were already doing the things that I wanted to do, who were leading, who were, who were, familiar with and and confident in, in leading people into the Holy of Holies. And so, um, Chris and Danielle Burns were doing a music school and that was actually one of the, the reasons that I felt like I was supposed to transition over there was to do that. And I did it and gosh, they, are such apostles. Um, they're such leaders. Even, I mean, they were younger than me, but they were already walking in the things that I wanted to do and, and wanted to be a part of. And they showed me the way on how to do that. And um, I felt like I just kind of took off from there. Um they really trusted me to hear from him and to, to lead. And, um, so they began to just put me up there <laughs> and, um, what God did in me 
in those seasons. You know, people would say stuff about, you know, my worship and, you know, powerful and all the things that go with it and whatever else. And I'm like, you guys don't understand that I need you and I need this season more than you ever need me, than you would ever need anything that I could ever do here. Um, because it gave me what I needed. It helped me to step out of the fear and the, you know, the insecurities and all of the things that I needed to really just lead people confidently into the throne. Um, and so that, that seven year period that I got to be there, um, was a gift. It really was a gift. And so, um, you know, I needed everything that came from that season, um, through the, the relationships that were made through the experiences that were had. Um, it was just, it was vital. And so, um, you know, now, um, actually one of the words that I was given, uh, during that season, I was actually at the like final, um, in the music school that I, that I did with the Burnses. Um, one of the words that came forth was, and I wasn't even at RCCA at the time. Um, one of the words was, you're going to teach people, you're going to teach kids how to worship. Um, but you think that you're teaching them something, but, um, in the end, uh, they're going to teach you how to worship. And I was like, wow, like what opportunities am I going to have to work? Because I mean, I've always worked with kids. I mean, I was the, the director of childcare at the Y for 11 years. And that's where I was currently when I got this word, but, um, there were some liberties we had to do that, but not, not in that capacity um, at, at the Y. And I was teaching some with, with church and I thought, you know, but I'm not there anymore. So, you know, that season is closed. So what is, what, what is this? And then the Lord opened the door for me to be where I am now. Um, and so, uh, you know, when I ended up, when I started at RCCA, um, I knew clearly that the door at the Y was closed and that I was supposed to walk into, um, the position that, um, that I took there, which was just to teach preschool. And, um, but, um, I was given the opportunity to just lead kids into worship. And, um, so we started doing that and little by little, um, that word came true. <laughs> um, that that word definitely came true because kids worship differently. Um, they definitely do. They worship with their whole heart. Um, and uh, when I get up to to do whatever, um, you know, I usually it just entails motions or you know whatever, um, but. When I get up to, to, to lead these little ones, there's no inhibitions. There's no fear. There's no, they just go. They naturally go into the Holy of Holies. They enter in. They know how it's done. And um, there's something so unique and precious and wonderful about that. 
you can literally see that the Lord is just breathing that in and it's life to him when these little ones worship him. Um, and so that's what I've been doing over the past 10 years is I've been worshiping, um, with these little ones and then here and there at, you know, church and, um, and, um, you know, other settings, but predominantly with these kids. Um, how long after being, cause you started out being the preschool teacher. Yeah. When did you start leading chapel? Um, it was pretty immediate. Um, so, uh, Mr. Wright, Greg Wright, who was the uh, principal at the time, he had, um, he knew cause part of your interview process is, you know, like what good things do you have, whatever. And so, you know, I'd shared, you know, currently I was the things that I was doing with worship and whatever. And, um, so immediately they're like, we're going to utilize this gift. And so, um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty immediate. I mean, it was definitely within that school year. So, um, and it just really has been, it's, it's been life to me. Um, because I get to, I get to be in the experience, <laughs> you know, I get to be in the room when the Holy Spirit comes and he falls upon the atmosphere while they're just pouring out to him. And, um, you know, he's definitely moving and doing some, some really important things. And, you know, my goal is to always lead people where they need to go, but then let them have that experience. Um, because the Lord, he wants to, he wants to have control of that setting. He wants to do what he wants to do. And if we allow him the freedom to be able to do that, then he gets the glory and he can do whatever he wants to do. Um, and so, um, I never want to get in the way of that. I never want to hinder that. I never want to be the person that says, you know, well, we're doing these songs or we're doing whatever. Um, you know, I, I am very strategic in prayer about, you know, what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to do it. Um, I am a prepared to a fault sometimes when it comes to that, because, um, I want to hear from him and I want to know that what I'm singing, what I'm doing is what he wants to, um, but then there's a flip side to that too, because it's like, well, you know, in the moment he wants to do something different, you have to be able to do that too. And so there's also an aspect of letting go of yourself and your plans and your agendas to be able to do that too. And so, um, you know, you have to be able to go with the flow of what he's doing and, um, kids will do it. Yeah, they do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's pretty amazing. I love it. I love it. It's so neat to see too, like, as you're talking, I'm seeing like the circle just go completely full because now like you get to teach these little kids what it's like to cultivate right. that space of worship. And so you don't know how many of them go home and have their own rooms where they get to just be on their face and you know, who in, in, 30 years will be like, it all started when, you know, my preschool teacher, my 
preschool principal was up there leading chapel and she taught us how to do this. And I went home and started doing it. And now I've been, you know what I mean? Like you just don't know, you don't know what seeds you're planting and what, how, how deep the impact is that you're making because in kids, you don't see it right now. Like they're kids. And so you, you can see where it catches on and you can see, you know, what you can see in a little bit, but it's those seeds that you just don't know how the Lord will water them right. and how he'll cultivate them. And it's neat to yeah. think that we'll be sitting here in a few decades and be able to say, I led them in chapel, right? Yeah. Well, and it's like I said, you know, even as a little kid, when I would, I would go in there and do that, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't yeah. know that I was, you know, getting into the secret place of, yeah. you know, what, what Jesus commanded us to do. I wasn't, I didn't know that that's what I was doing. Um, but really in, in doing that, um, you know, I obviously didn't know that I was going to be a mom of four and I was going to have this yeah. busy life and, and do all the things that I'm doing. You know, if I were 13 years old and could tell you what I thought I was going to be doing for the rest of my life, it definitely, it would look much different. Mm-hmm. Um, but God in his goodness knew and he began to cultivate those things in me now because he knew that I was going to need to draw from those moments. He knew that I was going to need to look back and when life gets hard or when things get busy and I just want to have that time with him, but I can't because I I'm so tired from whatever, um, that, that I can reflect back on those moments. And so that when I do have a chance to, to be with him, it, I can get in there quickly. I can, yeah. I can tap into that easily because I've been able to cultivate that and yeah. do it so often. And I was able to, to do it and I did it as a, as a kid. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I'm able to, and I really, I started thinking about this too, is, you know, I really feel like that's where the strength of my, my faith has come from too, because, um, it was rooted in all of those times where it was just me and him, you know, I'm able to look back on my life and say, you know, um, I know that God is who he is because of this and this and this and this and this and this and this, there's no way that he isn't real. There's no way that he isn't good. There's no way that he isn't faithful. There's no way that he isn't all of these things because I've lived it. I've experienced it. And I've, I have connected with him enough to know who he is. And so in those moments where life is rough and, um, you know, you feel overwhelmed and you feel like, you know, the weight of the world is on your shoulders, whatever else that you can tap into that and, and, and pull from that, that strength. I mean, yes. Um, you know, I had godly parents. I have a wonderful godly husband. You know, I have, amazing kids and have great friends and great family and great, all of these things. But at the end of the day, it's me and Jesus. Right. At the end of the day, it's all of us and Jesus. Yeah. And so, um, you know, being able to connect with him and tap into that is where your, where's, where your everything comes yeah. from. And so, um, yeah, it, I definitely feel in a lot of ways it has come full circle. Um, and I never would have guessed it. Yeah. <laughs> I never would have guessed that that's how it would have been done. Yeah. Um, you know, the Lord took this awkward, shy, you know, 
um, little kid who questioned everything and, you know, was unsure about a lot of things. And he has helped me to, to help others do that. Yeah. So it's beautiful. Well, the last question I always ask is just, I want to know like, what, what is the Lord speaking to you now, right now in this season? Like, what is he speaking to you? Um, get in a secret place. Um, honestly, like if you are struggling in life, if you are in a place where you're overwhelmed or you, you know, you look at how dark the world is getting, um, get in the secret place, tap into him, get, get on your face before him. Even if you're not a musical person, even if you're not, um, you know, you feel like you don't have giftings of, you know, ministry or any of those type of things. He, he doesn't, he, he doesn't need all of that. He just needs us. He just needs us to come into the fulfillment of who he has called us to be. And that's all he's asking. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, the world is getting darker. Um, but, but he hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, be the light, be, get in his presence and, and cultivate that. Even if you haven't been one of those people who did it from the time that you were little or whatever else, just start doing it now. Just start being in the secret place now so that you can, um, and that you can cultivate that, um, and be the light that we need to be. Um, I feel like we are headed into a place where we're going to have to start standing up for things and we're going to have to start speaking out and whatever else. And we need to be able to, to do that in the way that he wants us to. And so we can only do that if we're connected to him. We can only do that if we're connected to the vine. Um, and I will say this, um, as a mom of four and, a, um, you know, an, an administrator and a, a wife and all of those things, um, sometimes it is hard for us to break away and, and be in that secret place, but make time for that. Um, a lot of times my secret time is in the middle of the night and I'll yeah. ask the Lord, wake me up, wake me up, um, if there's something you want to say to me, if there's something that you want to speak to me or you want to show me, wake me up. And he always does. <laughs> and he always does. Yeah. And he's always so good to meet me there because he knows that, you know, I'm busy and I'm in a rush most of the time. And I don't always have those times where I can just sit down at six o'clock and be with him you yeah. know, because we're, we're crazy. And so, um, you know, spend those times with him. You will never regret um, the little sacrifices that you make yeah. to spend time with him and connect with him because it's, it's life. Yeah. Well, that's so good. So good. Thank you. Thanks, Thank sis. you so much. I love you. I love you too. I really, really hope that you all enjoyed that as much as I did. <laughs> um, it just is beautiful. I, I'm still a little in awe and a little, not completely speechless, but just left without a lot of words because it was such a special conversation to me. Um, just really, like I said, when you walk through so many seasons with people and, and as she was talking about that season where 
we were meeting at her house and having these food nights and things, you know, that's what really just did it because it was a season that it did. She's right with what she said. It marked us. And there are seasons of life that we walk through that, you know, every, every season we walk through changes us and challenges us in different ways. But then there are ones that you walk through that they mark you and you are not the same. And I've walked through a few of those with her beside her and that one for sure. And like she said, you know, sometimes you don't realize how important a season is until after it's gone. And going back and thinking through that and reliving that, um, it is, it just, it's a reminder of how good and how faithful the Lord is. And, uh, what I loved about this episode was just her sharing. I mean, worship has been such an intricate part of her life, but it has changed and it has shifted and it has molded in every different season of life. And I think that that's so important to know because some seasons of life, like she said, like you're going to be able to hide away in the secret place and you're going to be able to meet with the Lord for hours upon hours, or you're going to be able to give him the first part of your day. Sometimes other seasons, you're not going to be able to, you're going to give him right before bed. Sometimes some seasons he's going to have to wake you up in the middle of the night to meet with him. And I know that to be true. That is something that she has done for years and years and years um, because motherhood is, is, is busy (laughs) and her, her plate is full. Her life is full. And so truly like she'll wake up in the middle of the night and has for years to meet with him. And so I hope that that encourages someone too to know that, you know, just because your quiet time or your time with the Lord doesn't look like it did six months ago or a year ago doesn't mean it's wrong, doesn't mean that it's not as effective, doesn't mean that um, it's any less significant. He will meet you. He is faithful to meet you with whatever time that you have with him and for him. And he is gracious. If he does wake you up in the middle of the night, he is gracious to make your sleep count and to make it be fruitful and feel like you slept for 12 hours when you maybe only slept three. Um, He's gracious and he is just so good and so faithful. So I pray this episode encouraged you. I pray that you know that just because life looks different in seasons, they all matter. Uh, There are things that the Lord has placed inside each and every one of us, gifts and talents. and, And sometimes he allows these seasons for us to cultivate those gifts and those talents and that time with him and to really just soak in who he is because it's really preparing us for what's next. And it's really preparing us for maybe not even what's next, but for what's 10, 20, 30 years down the road. So just know that in everything that the Lord leads you to and everything that he guides you to, there is a purpose and nothing is wasted. So I pray that this that this episode and her words encouraged you. Um, and I just challenge you all today to, to take some time and worship him, to intentionally seek him and worship him because he is so worthy of it. He is so good. He is so faithful. Um, so I hope that you ha- you enjoyed this. Like I said, there is a part two that is coming next week. So hold tight. <laughs> and I'm really excited to share that one with you. Um, so just have a fantastic week and join me next week uh, for part two with my big sis.